0: To a Hope 1032 podcast. The book of James is packed with practical insight into everyday life. Although this New Testament letter was penned in the first century by James, the brother of Jesus, it's as relevant today as ever. We're up to chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you'd get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us Envies intensely, but he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, the opening two verses of this passage are shocking in their description of what was going on in James's audience. James speaks of fights and killing. You'd almost think these Christians had started a church war. Of course, James is using hyperbole and metaphor to describe what is essentially the breakdown of relationships in the community. Elsewhere in the New Testament, hate and discord are compared to murder. You see it in Matthew 5.21 and in 1 John 3.15. This breakdown has its origins in money craving it so much that people were starting to fight over it hoping to spend what they accumulated on their pleasures says James in verse 3 some in James's audience were so keen for economic advancement they were willing to tread on others to achieve it it all sounds disturbingly contemporary these believers were committing one of the most disgusting acts in the bible pursuing wealth at the expense of relationships according to verse 4 those who love wealth more than their neighbors are spiritual adulterers worse they are enemies of god james says now it's true that the bible teaches there is much in the world that is beautiful beneficial and pleasing to god but it's equally true that the Bible condemns any world system that pursues wealth at the expense of relationships. Choosing to befriend that world, says James, is an act of infidelity toward our Creator. Verse 6 quotes Proverbs 3.34, reminding us that God opposes the proud. That's anyone who rejects James's message. But the same proverb reminds us that God gives grace to the humble, that is, anyone who accepts James's message. No matter how bad some in James's readership had become, grace is always available for the humble. In describing the pursuit of wealth at the expense of relationships as spiritual adultery, James strikes a theme that resounds throughout the New Testament, riches are sometimes a rival God, seducing God's people away from their true devotion. As Jesus said in Matthew 6.24, you cannot serve both God and money. Or as Paul said in Colossians 3.5, greed is idolatry. To pursue wealth is to worship another God. In the language of James, it is to commit adultery with another lover. Wealth, per se, isn't the problem. The problem is chasing after wealth to spend what you get on your pleasures, chapter 4, verse 3. This is what amounts to spiritual adultery and idolatry. Amassing money in order to simply dress in great clothes or eat at good restaurants or holiday in beautiful locations and fill the home with modern comforts, this, says James, is a betrayal of the Creator. Why? Because God has granted the gifts of his creation, not for individual pleasure, but for enhancing human relationships. Relationships are the true currency of life, and not using our provisions for their intended purpose is to reject the provider himself. Of course, rich people aren't expected to become poor themselves, but they are expected to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. As 1 Timothy 6.18 says, they are to use their wealth relationally. What else could loving your neighbour as yourself mean in connection with money? I recently asked a friend of mine, Stuart Holman, a minister in a fairly wealthy part of Sydney, what he thinks about the allure of wealth in his own life and in the life of those around him. Specifically, I asked him where he sees wealth getting in the way of relationship with God and others. And here's what he said in reply. Let me quote. That's easy. I just look in the mirror. Wealth is powerful. It can do stuff for us. Often we perceive the power of wealth to be a blessing, but it can just as easily become a burden. Over the years, more than a couple of dear friends have said to me something along the lines of, As soon as I pay off my mortgage or establish my business or collect my superannuation, I'm going to do this or that for Jesus. James seems to say that the power of wealth is the power to corrupt a person, leading to self-reliance and self-centeredness rather than trust in God. Wealth is therefore dangerous stuff. We shy away from doing God's will in the financial area because our security and the leisure lifestyle that wealth brings is put at risk. It's not that we want wealth to be our God. It's just that we want to serve God from a position of comfort. But since Jesus said you can't serve both God and money, life's a heck of a lot easier if you're not burdened with too much money. Well, that's my mate Stuart Holman. I get the impression from James chapter 4 that the brother of Jesus would say similar things. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for all that you have given me in life. Help me to value relationships more than wealth. Help me to use the things you have given me to serve you and to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.